Jesus said there was a particular generation that would see certain things. And when they saw those things, that that generation would not pass until his return to the earth to establish his kingdom. We will reveal the identity of this generation on this edition of End of the Age. You're listening to an End of the Age Encore presentation. So, the big question is, are we able to identify that generation? Jesus talked about it in Matthew chapter 24, verse 32. But is it you? Is it me? Well, let's take a look at the passage. The Bible says, Now learn a parable of a fig tree, that when his branch is tender... And putteth forth leaves, then you know that summer is nigh. So likewise, ye, when ye shall see these things, you know that it is near, even at the doors. Verily I say unto you, this generation shall not pass till all these things be fulfilled. Now, Jesus in verse 31 had talked about his second coming. And then he immediately launched into this parable. And you see a fig tree budding, then you know that summer is nigh. In another passage in one of the other gospels, he said, when you see the fig tree or all the trees budding, then you know that it's almost summer. It's very simple. You see the trees budding and you know it's almost summer, right? Well, likewise, when you see all these things, Then you can know that it is near, even at the door, speaking of his second coming. And then he said, this generation shall not pass till all these things be fulfilled. So when Jesus said, when you see these things, what things was he talking about? Well, the answer to these questions is found in Jesus's famous Olivet Discourse as he talked with his disciples on the Mount of Olives in Matthew chapter 24. So let's start with verse 3. The Bible says, And his disciples came unto him privately, saying, Lord, tell us, when will these things be, and what will be the sign of your coming? There's the first question. And of the end of the age. So there were two questions there. Well, first of all, He talked about some general science when he went to answer them. He said there's going to be wars. There's going to be... Now remember, this is towards the end of the age. He said there's going to be wars. There's going to be rumors of wars. There will be famines, pestilences, earthquakes in different places. Now, I've heard about wars, rumors of wars, and famines and pestilence all of my life. Many of you have too. Our world is continually experiencing all of these things that Jesus said would happen as we near the second coming and the end of the age. I mean, consider pestilences, 
The word pestilence also means pandemic. So the coronavirus is one of the worst pandemics that the world has experienced in the last hundred years. So that would certainly qualify, right? Uh, Have you heard of any? But look at all the other pandemics that we've seen over the last several decades. And have you heard of any earthquakes lately? Well, yeah, of course we have. According to the United States Geological Survey publication, the National Earthquake Information Center now locates about 20,000 earthquakes around the globe each year, or approximately 55 a day. Now, these things have occurred all throughout history. There have been pandemics and earthquakes and wars and rumors of wars. However... Let's see if there are any specific signs in the 24th chapter of Matthew, which obviously called the Olivet Discourse, very famous prophecy chapter, in one of the most famous prophecy chapters in the entire Bible. So I I had to sit there and ask myself, okay, are there any specific signs that are one-time events that have never happened before that will never happen again? And when we see those things, then we can drive a stake in the ground right there and say, you know what? That's what Jesus meant when he said, this generation shall not pass until I come back to the earth. So there are two things in the 24th chapter of Matthew, specific things that have to happen to where we could honestly say, you know what? The generation that sees these things will not pass until the the second coming of the Lord occurs. So let's look now at Matthew chapter 24, verse 15. Jesus said, when you therefore shall see the abomination of desolation spoken of by Daniel the prophet, stand in the holy place, whoso readeth, let him understand. Then let them which be in Judea flee into the mountains, for then shall be great tribulation, such as was not since the beginning of the world, to this time no nor ever shall be. Now, in this passage, we see two specific things. Number one, Jesus said when you see the abomination of desolation, spoken of by Daniel the prophet back in Daniel 9.27, when you see that event in the holy place, now, He's sitting there talking to his disciples and they're, they're looking, overlooking the Temple Mount when they're saying, talking about this. He even told us where it was going to be. He said, he's, he's on the Mount of Olives looking at the Temple Mount and he said, that's where, the, that's where the temple stood and the holy place was in the temple, right? So Jesus said to the disciples, when you see the abomination of desolation down there on the Temple Mount, stand in the holy place Then let them which be in Judea flee into the mountains. So, number one, is the abomination of desolation. And number two, the Jews in Judea will have to flee because then shall be great tribulation, such as was not since the beginning of the world to this time, no nor ever shall be. So, two specific signs that Jesus said the generation that sees these things the abomination of desolation, and the Jews in Judea having to flee, this generation that sees those two things 
shall not pass until everything be fulfilled, including the second coming to establish the Lord's kingdom upon the earth. And it just so happens that in the present negotiations between the Palestinians and the Israelis over the last several years and decades even, as they're attempting to get a peace agreement, the two main disputes blocking peace in the Middle East are control of the Temple Mount and control of Judea. And these are exact things that were prophesied by Jesus that we're looking for that would we would know that this generation would not pass. Major internet companies are silencing and censoring Christian voices online. These companies are trying to control what you see and hear. Almost 200 videos of ours have been marked as restricted online right now. That's why we launched End of the Age Plus, a platform where the truth won't be censored, a platform where we can preach the message of the gospel. When you subscribe to End of the Age Plus today for just $12.99 a month, you can watch all of our content in a secure, easy-to-view way from your favorite device. When you go to watch.endtime.com and subscribe, you'll get instant access to all of our teaching resources, including Revelation, the Unveiling of Jesus Christ, Understanding the End Time, End Time Magazine, and so much more. We will not censor our message to comply with what the world deems as politically correct. Go to watch.endtime.com right now or search End of the Age Plus in the App Store or Google Play. We've seen Bible prophecy fulfilled like never before. From the halls of the United Nations to the Temple Mount in Jerusalem, End Time Ministries continues to reveal the Bible prophecy in the news headlines around the world every day. Whether it's through our broadcast or online at our Jerusalem Prophecy College, your gifts enable us to put vital materials in the hands of those who need it most. Because of you, we continue to replace fear with faith. In the hearts of Christians around the world, we will continue to see prophecy come to pass at an even swifter pace. We need your support. Your donation of any amount enables us to continue to broadcast and be a voice in the ever-growing censored media. To become a partner or give a one-time gift, visit endtime.com or call 1-800-END-TIME right now. That's 800-363-8463. Go online now. Visit endtime.com. You're listening to an End of the Age Encore presentation. Now, the final borders between the Israelis and the Palestinians deal with what's called Judea-Samaria, or the modern-day West Bank. And you may know... Of it, you may know have heard of it as the occupied territories, but it's actually not occupied. It's the disputed territories. So the abomination of desolation is going to occur on the Temple Mount. That's the number one issue in the peace talks. And Jews will be endangered in those occupied or disputed territories as a result of trying to establish the final borders between Israel And the Palestinians. It's what it all boils down to right there. So Jesus, 2,000 years ago, put his fingers on these two issues, which are the two foremost issues in the talks between the Israelis and the Palestinians. 
So let's look first of all at the event called the abomination of desolation, which must occur on the Temple Mount. And there's a prophecy in 2 Kings chapter 21, verse number 7. And the Bible says, The Lord said to David and to Solomon, his son, In this house and in Jerusalem, which I have chosen out of all the tribes of Israel, will I put my name forever. So it's pretty easy to see the Temple Mount is a very special place. Jerusalem is a very special place. And here you see God said, I'm going to put my name not only in Jerusalem, but in this house. 37 times in the Old Testament, God said, I will put my name in Jerusalem. Almighty God chose this place that he would put his name there. It's a special experience every time I stand there. I've stood there many times understanding the history of what happened. So let's go back into the Old Testament history just for a moment and see some of the things that make the Temple Mount so important. God told Abraham to sacrifice Isaac on Mount Moriah where the temple stands today. It's the exact, now that was 4,000 years ago. Back in Genesis chapter 22, verse 2, God said, Abraham, take thy son, thine only son Isaac, whom thou lovest, and get thee into the land of Moriah, and offer him there for a burnt offering upon one of the mountains which I will tell thee of. Not just, Abraham, you go pick a mountain. God picked this mountain called Moriah. Very, very important. And a thousand years later, the most famous king that Israel ever had, King David, there was a plague that hit Israel because David had numbered the people and thousands were dying. About 70,000 people died. And God sent a prophet to David by the name of Gad. And the Bible says, tell David if he wants to stay the plague, he should go by the threshing floor of Arana and buy his oxen, buy his plows, offer the oxen as a sacrifice unto me, and I will stop the plague. Well, immediately, David heads to the threshing floor of Arana, which just happens to be Mount Moriah, the exact same place. And the Bible says the threshing floor of Arana, which is Moriah. So God said again, he chooses this place, a specific place. David bought it from Arana and he said, I want to buy your threshing floor. And Arana said, well, you're my king. You can, you can just have it. And David said, oh, no, 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 wait, wait, no, I don't want to do that. I will not offer that unto the Lord, which cost me nothing. I'm not going for a free ride here. I love God and I want to do everything he wants me to do. So the Bible says that he bought the temple mount. Moriah is the temple mount. And there's a lot of dispute today over who owns the temple mount. Well, right in the Bible, David bought it many years ago and it belongs to the people of Israel today. So, David bought the threshing floor of Arana, and then David wanted to build a temple unto the Lord, a house. And God said, no, David, you can't do that. You've killed too many people. You're a man of war. I want my house to be a place of peace and rest. 
So I'm going to give your build, that building project to your son, Solomon, to build the house of the Lord, to build the first temple. So the first temple under Solomon lasted for 400 years until 586 B.C. And the second temple was then built by Zerubbabel when they came back out of Babylonian captivity in 516. And that lasted until all the way till 70 A.D. And then it was destroyed and no temple has stood on the temple mount to this day. Now... You do remember that Herod did renovate the temple, and the, the one that Zerubbabel built. And it was actually said in Herod's day that he that had never seen Herod's temple has never seen a beautiful building in his life. Well, that's the temple that Jesus was talking uh, about and was taking a tour of on this day in Matthew chapter 24. And in verses, what, 1 and 2. And then Jesus said, but it's all coming down. And well, 30 or 40 years after Jesus was crucified, the Romans did come, 70 AD, and they destroyed the temple, burned Jerusalem to the ground, drove the Jews away, and for the next close to 2,000 years now, there has been no temple on the Temple Mount. But the Bible teaches the temple is soon going to be rebuilt on the Temple Mount. There's going to be a third Jewish temple. The Jewish people have been praying five times a day for the building of the temple for the last 2,000 years. But the Jews and Arabs, they say they have to have the Temple Mount. They argue and squabble. No, we've got to have it. No, no, we've got to have it. But the Bible tells us what will be the solution. It's found in Revelation chapter 11, verse 1 and 2. The Bible says that um, John is prophesying here. And he says, there was given unto me a reed like unto a rod. And the angel stood saying, rise and measure the temple of God and the altar and them that worship therein. But the courtyard, which is without the temple, leave it out. Don't measure it. For it's given unto the Gentiles and the holy city shall they tread underfoot for 42 months. So now we know that the, from other scriptures that there, and, and this one, that the last 42 months immediately before the battle of Armageddon is always talked about in scripture. It's talked about as a 1260 day period. It's also referred to as time, times in the dividing of time. And here, it specifically says 42 months. In Revelation 13, 5, it says that the Antichrist will continue 42 months. It's the same 42-month period. So what's going to happen here? Well, 42 months before Armageddon and the second coming of Jesus Christ, the temple is going to be under Jewish control. And there's going to be a temple there because... You can't measure a temple if there is none, right? God told John the vision, remember, measure this temple. So the temple's going to be under Jewish control. And then, but he also said measure the temple, but don't measure the outer court because it's going to be trodden down of the Gentiles for 42 months. So 
How are we going to, how, how's this going to play out? What's going to be the solution? Because it looks like there's going to be Jews and Gentiles on the Temple Mount. I mean, how will this solve the Jewish Arab dilemma over there? They're both saying we've got to have control of the Temple Mount. <clears throat> well, if you remember back, um, Bill Clinton and others have proposed, Bill Clinton with uh, Yasser Arafat and Ehud Barak, back all the way back in 2000, and others since then have proposed, let's just share the Temple Mount, or internationalize is what they're saying now, internationalize the, the Temple Mount and Jerusalem. So even President Trump's deal of the century proposed sharing the Temple Mount. On page 16, President Trump's deal of the century said, Jerusalem's holy sites should remain open and available for peaceful worshipers and tourists of all faiths. People of every faith should be permitted to pray on the Temple Mount, Haram al-Sharif, in a manner that is fully respectful of their religion, taking into account the times of each religion's prayers and holidays, as well as other religious factors. So he actually proposed sharing the Temple Mount. And the Bible tells us that this is where the abomination of desolation is going to happen. The abomination of desolation is described in 2 Thessalonians 2, verses 3 and 4, as a time just before the second coming. And the Bible says the man of sin will be revealed, the son of perdition, who opposeth and exalteth himself above all that is called God or that is worshipped, so that he as God sits in the temple of God. So isn't that where Jesus told the disciples that the abomination of desolation would occur? In the temple of God? In the holy place? Right? That's what he said in Matthew 24. So, he's, so the Antichrist is going to sit there and say, hey, I'm in control here. I'm the ultimate authority here. The Antichrist, the man of sin, he's going to do this. He's going to claim control over the place where Almighty God said that he would put his name. Now, folks, you understand the stage is being set right now, talking about solving this Temple Mount problem by sharing it. Many people have proposed that. That part of it would be under Jewish control, part of it being under Gentile control. Remember John said, don't measure the outer court. That's going to be trodden down to the Gentiles for the next 42 months. That's the way that they plan to solve the problem. The, you say, well, do these people know prophecy? Do they understand the Bible? I highly doubt it. But this Jesus, the Bible says God knows the end from the beginning. God's already seen all these things play out. Now, I want you to remember that Jesus said you will see two specific things. The abomination of desolation and the Jews in Judea will have to flee. And remember that Jesus said that when you see these things, then know that the generation that sees those things will not pass until everything is fulfilled. Now, Let's look at the situation in Judea. If you don't know where Judea is, then this is meaningless to you, right? This prophecy, this prophecy is meaningless, actually. 
So I happen to know where Judea is because I visit Judea every year uh, when we make our way to Israel. And Judea is the area that today is called, many people refer to it as occupied territories. I refer to it as disputed territories or the modern day West Bank. But let's, let's look back at some of the history of Judea. Well, what happened was, you remember King Solomon displeased God. Not a good thing to do, obviously, but uh, he married 700 wives and 300 concubines. And they, they drew his heart away from God because many of them were from foreign countries and they taught him the nuances of their religions. And Solomon... The smartest man that ever lived was drawn away from God. I, I, I never have been able to understand that. But somehow or another, these women have strong influences. And they started talking to him about their gods and different things. And they lured him away. And Solomon so displeased God that God said, I'm going to take the kingdom from you, Solomon, and give it to someone else. However, because of your father, David who I love so much, I'm going to leave two tribes with you. I'm going to take 10 tribes and give it to Jeroboam. Two tribes will stay with you. I'm sorry, with your son, Rehoboam. And that's exactly what happened. After Solomon's death, there was a split in Israel. 10 tribes became known as the Northern Kingdom, known as Israel. Two tribes became the southern kingdom, also called Judah. And from then until now, that's the way it's been. So Judah had its own kings. Judah had its own prophets. Israel had its own kings. Israel had its own prophets. And that was just the situation. However... The nation of Israel, after Israel was driven away from the Holy Land, the the nation of Israel was reborn in 1948. The UN partition plan that divided the Holy Land gave part to Israel, just a very small sliver, and part to the Palestinians, the Arabs that lived in Palestine, even though the Palestinians refused that action of the United Nations, Israel still went ahead and accepted that partition plan. But when the the United Nations gave that person to Israel, they did not include the part promised in the promised land known as Judea and Samaria. So what are we talking about here? We're talking about in this first segment, the generation shall not pass. Move Mountains with Irvin Baxter. This book by Irvin's grandson provides 30 days of devotion that will enhance your relationship with God and others. Authentic illustrations from early morning devotions at end time will help you find your purpose and eliminate fears. Commit to taking this 30-day journey and experience real life change. Get your book for only $14.99. Call 1-800-363-8463 or go to endtime.com slash move. Major internet companies are silencing and censoring Christian voices online. These companies are trying to control what you see and hear. 
Almost 200 videos of ours have been marked as restricted online right now. That's why we launched End of the Age Plus, a platform where the truth won't be censored, a platform where we can preach the message of the gospel. When you subscribe to End of the Age Plus today for just $12.99 a month, you can watch all of our content in a secure, easy-to-view way from your favorite device. When you go to watch.endtime.com and subscribe, you'll get instant access to all of our teaching resources, including Revelation, the Unveiling of Jesus Christ, Understanding the End Time, End Time Magazine, and so much more. We will not censor our message to comply with what the world deems as politically correct. Go to watch.endtime.com right now or search End of the Age Plus in the App Store or Google Play. If your station only carries the first 30 minutes of End of the Age, go to endtime.com and click the watch button to continue today's broadcast. You can also finish up later by clicking the archive button. You're listening to an End of the Age Encore presentation. So they had just given uh, them the North Kingdom, the Northern Kingdom. So from 1948 until 1967, Israel only possessed the approximate territory that was known as the Ten Tribes of Israel. Just a real small sliver of land. Totally indefensible borders at the waistline. However, in the 1967 war, Abdel Nasser of Egypt picked, uh, picked a war with Israel. And he thought he could drive Israel off into the sea. So he closed the Straits of Tehran. And he moved his armies into the Sinai. And Israel knew that an attack was imminent. So Israel launched a surprise attack early one morning, caught the Egyptian Air Force on the ground and destroyed all of their airplanes. Well, in just six short days, Israel swept to victory. It's a six days war. And in the middle of this, Israel's fighting with Syria in the north uh, in the Golan Heights. They take the Golan Heights, which also was part of the promised land. But they took the Golan Heights because Syria had continually been shelling the Israeli uh, settlements down in the area of the Sea of Galilee. And so Israel said, hey, we're going to put a stop to this. While we're in this war, we might as well solve this problem. And so they did. They just took the, they took the Golan Heights. We take our tour groups there every year. It's just, it's, a, it's just a great experience to go there and tell the story about what all happened. It's awesome. So... Then the prime minister of Israel called King Hussein of Jordan and he said um, he was on the other side of Israel, the east side. And he said, if you will stay out of the war, we won't bother you. So we don't want this war anyway. If you'll stay out, we won't, we're not going to bother you. Well, King Hussein didn't feel like he could stay out while his Muslim brethren were fighting against the Zionist entity. So he decided to jump in the war. Well, that was a big mistake. Israel pushed the Jordanians all the way back from Jerusalem across the Jordan River. And this is the area called uh, Judea Samaria or the modern day West Bank. So Israel captured the area of Judea or Samaria in the 1967 war. 
They also captured East Jerusalem, which contained the Temple Mount. And of course, that's the center of Jewish life. So the 1967 war was known, obviously, as the War of Redemption, the Six Days War. And, you know, well, um, the Jewish people, the, the religious people in particular, they were just absolutely exhilarated by what God had done. And God had given them a commandment. He said, when I bring you into the land that I promised to your father Abraham, you are to occupy that land. So the religious Jews, that's what they did. They went out, they had conquered, they, remember that in the Six Days War, they pushed the Jordanians out of the West Bank. Well, these religious Jews, they went out and they found territory that was unoccupied and they began to build cities all over Judea, Samaria out there. Today, there are about 800,000 Jews living in Judea, Samaria out there and in East Jerusalem. And I just read today that there would be, by like 2045, they're, they're um, saying that there will be a, about a million out there. So, But today, there's about 800,000 Jews living in the territories that were controlled by Jordan prior to 1967. Now then, they are trying to get a peace deal done. They're trying to end the state of war. The world community says that Israel needs to give up most, if not all, of this territory. Uh, President Joe Biden says, hey, they need to go back to 67 borders, which would give the Palestinians control of the Temple Mount and the Holy Basin there, East Jerusalem. So Israel's never going to do that. I can tell you that right now from Scripture. So the pressure is on Israel to leave this territory. However, there's a big problem. What do you do with those 800,000 Jews that live out in Judea, Samaria, and in East Jerusalem? I mean, here's the big question. Now, don't forget the prophecy of Jesus, though. There's going to be people living in Judea, in that West Bank area, at the time of the abomination of desolation, Three and a half years prior to his second coming in the Battle of Armageddon. So, how do you solve this problem of 800,000 Jews living over there in that territory? I mean, the international community says Israel must withdraw from that. And Resolution 2334 says that, it's, that they're illegally occupying that. So, what's the solution? Well, if you remember... President Trump actually proposed that the Jews could stay out in that Palestinian area. Remember, he was saying that Israel could, could annex 30% of it and about a close to 70% could become a potential Palestinian state. But the Jews living in those, the Palestinian area, they could stay out there and they would build them roads in and out of their settlements. Matthew 24, 15 and 16, the Bible says, When ye therefore shall see the abomination of desolation, spoken of by Daniel the prophet, stand in the holy place, then let them which are out there in Judea, they're going to have to flee into the mountains, flee for their lives. So this passage clearly states that there will be Jews living in Judea at the time of the abomination of desolation, which will occur that three and one half year um, three and one half years after that Palestinian-Israeli peace agreement is signed. 
Well, in President Trump's deal of the century on page 12, it actually states, and I'm quoting, the Israeli population located in the enclaves that remain inside contiguous Palestinian territory, but that are part of the state of Israel, shall have the option to remain in place unless they chose otherwise and to maintain their existing Israeli citizenship. Note, this describes Israel living inside the new Palestinian state, being able to stay there while still being citizens of Israel. Well, Jesus said that when this arrangement is implemented, then those who live in Judea, there's going to come a time, an event called the abomination. When you see that abomination of desolation occur, and when that event occurs, that, that then those that are living out there, they're going to have to run for their lives because there's going to be a great slaughter out there. And the, uh, then shall be great tribulation, Jesus said, such as never has been before or will ever be after that. As a matter of fact, let me look at the, let's look at that passage one more time. I want to make sure this is very, very critical. When we see the abomination of desolation, Matthew 24, 16 through 18, then let them which be in Judea flee. Jesus was not talking about during the era 2000 years ago. He was talking to us. This is during the end of the age here, which is where we're just ahead of, (coughs) excuse me. And (coughs) that's the West Bank. The occupied territories that are the disputed territories right now in the peace negotiations. Jesus said, let them which be in Judea flee into the mountains. Let him which is on the housetop not come down, take anything out of their house. You hit the ground running. Neither let them which be is in the field. Go even, don't go even back to your house and get your clothes. You get out of there. Why? For then is going to be great tribulation, such as was not since the beginning of the world to this time, no, nor ever shall be. Well, Jesus said this is going to be such a sudden thing that if you're in your housetop and you hear what's going on with the world leaders, that a world leader from Europe has stood in on the Temple Mount saying, hey, I'm in charge here. I'm the ultimate authority. He may even say, I'm your Messiah. Whatever he says, the Bible says he's going to claim to be God. He's going to stand there on the Temple Mount And this prophecy of Jesus said that when you see that, if you're on the housetop, don't even go down and grab your clothes. Light out of there. If you're in the field, don't go run back to your house and get your billfold. Hit the ground running because there's going to be great tribulation such as was not since the beginning of the world to this time, no, nor ever shall be. Now, this is a 2,000 year old prophecy, but yet... What is the most endangered populace in the world? At that time, it's going to be Judea. They're going to be living under Palestinian jurisdiction. Imagine the Palestinians want to eradicate (coughs) Israel of Jews. And they're going to be living out there under Palestinian jurisdiction at this time. And this is what the peace negotiations are discussing as they are attempting to get an agreement today. This is what they're going to be talking about. President Trump, President Obama, Bill Clinton, George Bush, they've all talked about these things. 
And you may be saying, well, hey, are they, are they going to get an agreement? What's going to happen? Well, of course they are. The Bible says they will. They're going to get agreement, and it's only going to work for a while, though. It's going to be an interim agreement, and this is going to be part of the agreement. They're going to place the Temple Mount under international control, and they're going to give Judea, Samaria to the Palestinians, or a big portion of it, um, with some possible land swaps. We know that. So, okay, the very thing that's prophesied is what it looks like is getting ready to happen. Matter of fact, I know it's getting ready to happen. There's no doubt in my mind because the prophecies always come to pass in intricate detail. Well, we have another prophecy about Judea. What's going to happen to these people? Well, in Zechariah chapter 12 through 14, that deals with what's going to happen in Israel right before and the, during the battle of Armageddon. In chapter 12, the Lord said that I will make Jerusalem a burdensome stone and all people who burden themselves with it will be cut to pieces. So all these people that are dabbling with Jerusalem now, they're in danger. Uh, you, you do, the Bible says, I will bless them that bless you and I will curse them that curse you. And these people that say, oh, Israel doesn't have a right to Jerusalem or, the, or East Jerusalem, the international community, those people are in danger because God's fixing to come back and clean house at the Battle of Armageddon. But then in verse number 7, the prophecy specifically addresses the inhabitants of Judah right at the time we're talking about. And listen to what it says. This is verse number 7. The Bible says, the Lord also shall save the tents of Judah first, that the glory of the house of David and the glory of the inhabitants of Jerusalem do not magnify themselves against Judah. You say, well, what in the world is that all about? Well, we know that all of Israel that survives the great tribulation and the wrath of God, which is the battle of Armageddon, when, when uh, they will turn to Jesus at the battle of Armageddon. When Jesus comes down, puts his feet on the Mount of Olives, the Jews are going to rush out to meet their Messiah. And that's where they're going to see the nail prints. And they're going to realize, hey, you, Jesus, you were the Messiah. And the Bible says at that time that all of Israel is going to turn to him. So you can see these things playing out in the news right now. Everything's coming together. All the prophecies are converging. Most of us walk around day by day blind to the prophecies being fulfilled right before us. Every news report brings a new piece to the puzzle in the race towards the final seven years and the second coming of Jesus Christ. Now, more than ever, it is important for God's people to understand the times in which we are living. On November the 12th, 2013, we opened our Jerusalem Prophecy College in downtown Jerusalem. These same courses are now available online for people who are unable to attend the classes in person. We welcome students to join us and discover the link between current events and the prophecies of the Bible. Take your place in the prophecy of Daniel 11.33 
enroll in the Jerusalem Prophecy College today. Go to JerusalemProphecyCollege.com. You're listening to an End of the Age Encore presentation. Now, you understand the setting here. Where the Battle of Armageddon has been engaged in the north. They are moving down the Jordan Valley. Israel is fighting against the world governing armies that have come down against Israel to enforce resolutions like Resolution 2334, which says Israel's occupation of East Jerusalem and the West Bank is illegal in the eyes of the international community and international law. And so there will come a time when they will come down to enforce that resolution and possibly others like it. They're going to engage in the plain of Megiddo in the north. They're going to fight Israel all the way down the Jordan Valley up into the city of Jerusalem. The battle is going to culminate right there in the Kidron Valley, the Valley of Jehoshaphat, in between the Temple Mount and the Mount of Olives. And just when it looks like Israel is about to be defeated... That's when Jesus Christ is going to come back with his saints to fight on behalf of Israel at the battle of Armageddon. The Bible says when he plants his feet on the Mount of Olives, that the Israelis will come out to meet him and they will see the scars in their hands. They're going to say, where'd you get those scars? And he's he's going to say, these are those with which I got in the house of my friends. And the, the, the scales, the 2,000-year-old scales are going to peel off their eyes and they're going to say, Jesus, you actually were the Messiah. And the Bible says that they will turn to the Lord at that time. The Bible says all of Israel that has survived, now there will be many killed, but all of Israel that has survived, that they will be saved. Now, The bad news is, is that two-thirds are going to be wiped out, according to the latter part of Zechariah chapter 13. So, all of them that survive of Israel, when they, they will then turn to Jesus. And before that happens, in verse 7 of Zechariah chapter 12, listen to what it says again. The Bible says, the Lord also also shall save the tents of Judah first. Where's Judah? That's, that's those settlers living out there in the West Bank. Okay, so now, then let's return to the prophecy concerning the program. Jesus said to us in Matthew 24, verse number 34, that this generation, remember that's the question we're asking, can we identify this generation is the generation you and me. I mean, I'm interested in that, right? So this generation shall not pass till all these things be fulfilled. Now, we've gone over some signs, the wars, rumors of wars, earthquakes in diverse places, pestilences or pandemics. I mean, we're going through a pandemic right now, right? The uh, COVID-19 situation. I actually had COVID several weeks ago. So I know exactly what I'm talking about when I talk about pestilences or pandemics. Jesus said, you're going to see these things in the end time. But we can't put our, we can't drive a stake in the ground and say, hey, 
this earthquake or that pandemic because we've seen those for years now, decades. Actually, throughout history, there have been those things. What, What are some of these things when Jesus said, when you see these things, then you can know this generation shall not pass. So we've shown how also that in the negotiations that they've decided the only way to settle the Temple Mount is to put it under a sharing arrangement. Jesus talked about that. And or I should say John didn't in, in uh, Revelation 11, 1 and 2. And they know that they have two big issues that, they, they, that are very difficult. What will happen to the Temple Mount? That's what the big issue is today. And even to the point where they've had problems with Arabs that signed normalization deals with Israel and the Abraham Accords, they've actually came back to visit the Temple Mount and the Muslim walk didn't want to let them on the Temple Mount. So it's a huge dispute. What's going to happen to Judea? That's another question that the international community has been wrestling with for decades. Even Donald Trump couldn't get it signed. You understand in his peace deal that he was going to allow Israel to annex 30% of that West Bank, the Judea, Samaria area, and let the Palestinians have approximately 70% of that. And the United Arab Emirates came to Israel and the, and the Trump administration and said, hey, we'll sign a direct negoti- normalization deal with Israel if you will not do that. We're talking about this West Bank area. That's exactly what Jesus was talking about 2,000 years ago. And what about the settlers? How do, how do they get the settlers out? It's a huge question. Well, those are the two main issues in the Middle East peace talks. Now, we know that many people are saying, and they proposed for years, hey, let's just leave those Jewish settlers out there. That's exactly what Jesus said was going to happen, right? And those just happened to be the two specific things that Jesus was talking about. He said, when you see these things, then you can know that this generation shall not pass until all these things be fulfilled. Now, how could it be really any plainer? If you read Matthew chapter 24, I mean, Jesus wanted us to know this. And think about it. This is a 2,000 year old prophecy. So we're going to have the Jews, the Jews don't follow the New Testament. So somebody's got to go in and warn them. And of course, end time ministries is going to play a huge role in that. So, but Jesus gave us um, a parable. A lot of people say that, oh, the fig tree is Israel. And therefore, when Israel was reborn in 1948, then within that generation, Jesus has to return. But we don't have biblical proof that the fig tree is Israel. Remember in, um, well, I know that's been widely taught, but that's not what Jesus was talking about here in Matthew 24. Jesus said, when you see the fig tree and in other, in other gospels, he said, and all the trees budding, then, you know, summer is not, he's just telling a parable here. Hey, it's, this is very normal in the spring when you know when the trees start to bud, then you know, hey, it's coming on to summer, right? That's what Jesus is talking about here. He's not talking about Israel. 
Likewise, when you see these things I've talked about, not when you see the rebirth of the nation of Israel, but when you see these things in Matthew 24 that I've talked about in my Olivet Discourse, when you see all of those things coming to pass, then know that that generation that sees those things shall not pass until everything is fulfilled. Now, some of the things Jesus talked about, again, were general prophecies. But he gave us these two specific things. When you see the abomination of desolation, the Antichrist stand in the temple mount claiming to be Messiah, claiming to be God. When you see him standing there saying that, hey, I'm in charge here. And when you see the Jews, and we're going to be warning them, we're going to, End Time Ministries is going to be going on a door knocking campaign about two, two and a half years after the Israeli-Palestinian peace agreement is signed. We're going to be, well, when the peace agreement is signed, we're going to send a magazine to every home in Israel warning them, hey, here's what the prophecies of the Bible say are going to happen. And then about two, two and a half years in, we're going to do a door knocking campaign over there. It's what End Time 1000 was originally started for. So we're not going to leave them without not having any idea what's going on. We're going to warn them, hey, when you see a world leader stand on that temple mount proclaiming to be God, you're going to have to run. And we've already talked to many of them about this. And they say, you know what? We realize there is another Jewish Holocaust coming. And they understand how in danger they are out there in the eyes of the international community. The international community says that, that they're illegally occupying that area out there. So at that point, the Jews are going to have to run from Judea for their life. When you, when, when you see these things, then know that that generation that sees these things shall not pass until everything be fulfilled. Now, my question to you is, was this generation Jesus talked about, is that you? Is that me? Well, with all of the prophecies converging at the same time, I absolutely believe it is. I mean, with the world government, the world religion, the, the precursors to the mark of the beast, everything we're seeing this, a digital society, all of the global numbering with the, the World Bank and the ID2020 with the United Nations, their efforts to number every human being on the planet. And they're already... Um, practicing on some of the refugees with having them uh, use retinal scans and uh, fingerprints to go through a database to allow them to buy and sell in camps that they're in, that have, these refugees that have escaped these war-torn countries, they're already practicing on those people. So with all of these things coming down, I absolutely believe that we are the generation that will see the second coming of Jesus Christ in the battle of Armageddon and that we will be the generation that will see the abomination of desolation and that those who beat in Judea will have to flee. So we, I, we believe this. I believe the prophecy is talking about you and me. And I believe that you and I are witnessing right now what Jesus foresaw 2000 years ago. And he said, this generation shall not pass until all things be fulfilled. And that's why I believe Jesus will return to this earth 
during this generation, our generation. Now, let me talk to you just for a moment. What should we be doing? This is of utmost importance. We here, when I'm talking about we, I'm talking about the church, the people that are listening to me. What should we be doing? Well, if you're a Christian and you're in the church, you should be in full evangelism mode. You should be talking to all your friends, family, your sphere of influence and saying, hey, we're in the end time. There are many ways. There are a plethora of ways to prove that we absolutely are, in fact, in the end time. The Bible, there's a 2000 year old prophecy of a world government. That's being established right now as we speak. The Bible says there would be a world government in power. The Antichrist would usurp authority over that just prior to the second coming of Jesus Christ. We're just prior to that event happening. You understand? The world government's already formed in the earth. The establishment of a world religion. Both of those are found in Revelation 13. There's a world religion being established as we speak. And interfaithism, this, the, the, the tolerance movement, tolerant of all religions, that's already being established in the earth. And there will be a false prophet over that, a union of politics and religion with the world government and world religion that will be working together. The Bible prophesies that, Revelation 17, 3, the seven-headed, ten-horned beast is a world government. The woman is a false religion riding on the back of that beast. There are so many prophecies that are converging at the same time that I absolutely believe we're living in the end time. The church should be in full evangelism mode. And if you're not ready, if you've not been born again, if you're not ready to meet the Lord, absolutely get in contact with us here at End Time Ministries and say, hey, I, I, I want to be born again. Help me do that. Help me find a church to do that. Absolutely we will. 1-800-END-TIME. 1-800-363-8463. We want to help you prepare yourself for this end time. God bless. This has been End of the Age, brought to you by the faithful partners of End Time Ministries. If you're not currently a partner with End Time Ministries, or if you would like more information, we invite you to call us at 1-800-END-TIME. That's 1-800-363-8463, or visit us online at endtime.com.